0: Hang on! Hang on! Fight! <laughs> Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Glory McElhenney to talk about the song Metal Detector off of Factory Showroom.
1: Down at the shore, there's a place where there's no one vacationing. There's just the sound of the call of the wild overcoming the fear of the unknown. And I've got something to help you understand something waiting for.
0: How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Glad to finally be talking. This has been uh, a a little bit of time coming. I haven't made you stew on the spreadsheet as long as some other people, but (laughs) there were some other delays and uh, family things and uh, feeling sicky and other types of Mm -hmm. things that just make, you know, just, you know, life stuff. But we're finally here to talk about metal detector. Yes. But uh, even before we get to your phantom, I want to know a little bit more about you because we really haven't been hooked up, even as Facebook friends, for all that long. Yes. And and then right after that, we we grabbed you into the TMBP covers crew, yes. and you're part of the melee that is that Facebook <laughs> message thread, yes, which is always very fun. Yes, yes. and you've uh, and you've turned in some covers to me uh which have been awesome your let's see your debut covers part of the covers crew was um birds fly birds fly yes so that was like a month and a half ago something, something like, like that. that something like that yeah it all uh, together yeah so what where where are you again even i don't even know where you're at
2: you need to stalk my page more um i live in harrisburg pennsylvania
0: Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Right. The problem, I just, I've just, too many episodes all at once. Not enough time to do the proper stalking. Right, like right. You know, flying to where you are, outside your window. People <laughs> looking at me like, oh, she's got twins. That's why I was confused about the plural kids. Yes. And they're four yes. and a half. They're both four and a half. Yep. Yeah, no, I just, I don't know. I'm bad at Facebook stalking, I guess. I know some people, like, just, like, do that. I don't know. Maybe it's being older. Yeah. Right? right? Like I think so. Did not growing up with Facebook, that just yeah. like wasn't a thing that we did. No, yeah, not uh, growing up
2: with the internet at all, actually.
0: So, are you kind of? It's, that's kind of like Amish country, isn't it? Or am I way? I uh,
2: know parts of it. Parts of it are Amish country.
0: I really only know Pittsburgh because that's where both my parents are from. Pittsburgh, oh, okay. I still re- relatives there, but I mean that's far west side. Yes, uh, I love Pittsburgh, but. I believe I've been through Harrisburg. I don't know the geography at all. You know, like Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, whatever else. I don't Mm. know. Scranton's in there somewhere. Hershey's in there somewhere. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Hershey and Harrisburg are kind of like south central Pennsylvania. Scranton's up north central. And then you got Pittsburgh and Philly, east and west. Yeah. Lots of nothing in the middle sometimes.
0: It is. It's a state that takes a long frickin' time to drive through. I mean, Ohio does, too. Ohio's deceptively wide. And then when you get out west, they're all wide. Yeah. But, I uh, yeah. I lived
2: in Texas for five years. Talk about a state that you can't get through in one day.
0: Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've played shows down there on a couple different tours. And on one of them, when I was when I was a younger chap, we went all the way to El Paso. It was like, <laughs> like, so close. We should have just played Mexico. Right? right? And then, a lot more complicated across the border, especially like Mm -hmm. merchandise and stuff. Like when you start hearing about those kind of details, like bands getting stuff confiscated at the border. So instead they'll like ship their own t-shirts over (laughs) the border. (laughs) It's just the craziest thing. But yeah, El Paso. I mean, and then we're like, I don't know. We didn't, I didn't book that tour. One of our friends did. I don't know why if something fell through, but I don't know why that was the last show of the tour. Because I'm from Chicago. We were we went all the way from yeah, the that's Paso other home point. to Chicago. That's like the yeah, f- yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the furthest yeah. like north drives you can make. <laughs> we did in two days, uh actually I think we did straight in twenty one hours without stopping, but we had seven guys, so there were a lot of ter- yeah. people to take turns. From
2: driving. Harrisburg to but, yeah. Houston, straight through It's about twenty six hours.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I've done Houston as well. Yeah, that's Dallas. where I live. I guess that's the extent of my Texas You didn't stuff.
2: do Austin, of all places?
0: Of all places. You know, well, it's like when you're booking a tour, especially when you're doing it yourself, mm. and you're a very low-level mm-hmm. band, and you're trying to convince venues, and be like, <laughs> well, you should take us on. And they're like, okay, but you have to find all the local bands. We're like, great, I'm booking the, every show of every, every on the whole tour. Um, that's not always the case, but... Um, Usually, it's just like like shotgun style. You're just like, pfft, Man, like the whole band. state. You're shooting out emails to all these venues Hoping some all of over the stick. state. Nothing in Austin panned out. Dang. And we went to Dallas specifically because Cara has family there. Oh, okay. Lots of times, our tours would be like, well, we want to go hang out with sure. these people and we know they'll come to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> guaranteed audience of exactly. three, they're guaranteed. <laughs> so tell me about what you do. Cause I was just like, Whoa, your computer setup is crazy. You're like, you, you have a huge monitor. You got the whole fancy headphone headset, microphone dealy, all that. Uh, what do you, what do you do? What do I do? What um, do you do with all that gear?
2: I'm a sign language interpreter. This particular setup is from COVID basically when we were all working remote, um, my husband painted this wall the nice neutral blue color for interpreting. Uh, with sign language, now I know this is an audio podcast, so we're going to be doing a lot of words explaining things. Um, so with sign language, you know, the hands are moving, and so you need a neutral background because if I'm wearing colors or patterns, you can't see what's going on with the hands. So mm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: solid shirt, solid background, good to go.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. So, so if,
0: if you pretend like you're signing, that'll put in a bunch of sound effects. They're like whoosh, whoosh, like no, from a karate movie or something. <laughs> whoosh, 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 whoosh.
2: Um, Listen to how
0: fast you can sign. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. I, uh, uh,
2: and a friend of mine who's an interpreter once um, talked about, uh, we were we were at a workshop, like a professional development thing, and we were discussing like hypothetical scenarios. And it was like, I do not remember the context, but she said, I walked in hands blazing. And I'm like, I'm using that forever.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and you just... You know, shoot off the the finger guns at the end. (laughs) So how did, I mean, how did you get into that? I mean, what made you uh, interested in that? How do you get started with being a sign language interpreter?
2: The very short story is I saw it and I thought it was cool at the end.
0: Um, Oh, okay.
2: um, A lot of times you'll see interpreters like I had deaf family or like I knew someone deaf growing up. That was not the case with me. Huh. um i went to summer camp when i was i don't know eight ten something like that and my counselor there was fluent in sign language and used it often and i was like that's what whatever that is i like that so i like went home and like taught myself out of like the library books you know um cool stuff and then it was nothing until, like it was just kind of like in my brain like you know like a little secret code language with my friends or something and then yeah. um in high school i took a couple of local. ASL classes like true ASL classes um then I started working with um some there were some deaf kids at my high school in like the special needs class and I started working Mm -hmm. good practice you know with my signs and everything and from there we started like a sign language club for the school Mm. Um, which is pretty cool and I don't know if it's still going or not I haven't been back for quite a while um but so one day we had a guest speaker at that club talk about interpreting and what is it and how is it different from just knowing a, you know sign language and i was like that i want to do that um so yeah. at that time there was one school in pennsylvania that offered a bachelor's degree so applied got in graduated the rest is history yeah.
0: how long have you been doing it
2: 15 years
0: cool wow yeah yeah, so we're about the same age, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, so I would not say that I know sign language in the least, but we have taught, well, I guess I know the tiniest mm-hmm. bit. When our girls were little, well, I mean, Ramona now, and when Zinnia was little, we would use simple signs. Mm-hmm you know, like more oh, and, milk. and done. Oh, yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. Milk is my favorite. Just like the udders. Yes. Like you're just, yeah, I'm making signs <laughs> to you here and, and people are just hearing this, but you <laughs> can look them up. There are books. Like we have a, a friend, um, a fellow professor at Purdue that Cara met right off the bat. we've been good friends with cause they live real close. Uh, she is deaf and, um, bought us, when when we've had each girl, all these cool uh, like sign language for babies, basically. Great. So we've 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 implemented some more than others, but it is fun. Uh, oh, but banana is another yes. favorite. Where you're like peeling your hand. Yep. Which <laughs> I'm a big fan of that one. I, I just really like the ones that are like. I mean, there's a lot of them where like that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Those are called. I, mean, I never really lines. got the the mother and father mm-hmm. one, like the thumb to the chin into the forehead. Mm-hmm. Is there any? I don't know. Why why is one, I don't know. So don't know. You you wouldn't know the creation of the signs, I'm guessing. Maybe you some would. Some I do.
2: Um, Let me think on that one. But so some signs are what they call iconic, meaning it looks like what it represents, like milk or banana. They look like what it's supposed to be. Or a cat is like the whiskers.
0: Whiskers. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Other signs are what they call arbitrary, where it doesn't necessarily look like mom and dad. They don't look like a mom and dad. There's no way to conceptually represent a yeah, mom and dad. Right. <laughs> um but so anything on the chin area is female. Anything on the forehead area is male. So mom huh. down here, dad down here. Same with grandma, grandpa. You just stretch ah. the sign out to show degenerations.
0: Gotcha. Uh interesting. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's I mean it's really fascinating to me. I'm very much in awe of of that. And I guess the other little bit I've done is I've used it to, as like part of choreography okay. in songs before, cool. right? Like with the choir, like um, some song, I don't know if it was just called Peace on Earth, but like the general kind of message sure. of peace kind of thing. And there were a lot of uh, signs we did for that one. Cool. i forgot forgotten most of it, but, you know, and you kind of do it in kind of like a more flowy sure, kind of yeah, way, sure, and obviously, and it goes artistic. to the, r- the rhythm mm-hmm. of the song and stuff, mm-hmm. but but that's fun. And the kids are like, cool. Yeah, like like you said, like a secret language. Yeah. Like, I know these words. I can do this. And only we will know that's right. what it means. Only we will know we're saying peace on earth. <laughs> Very cool. Okay, so uh, tell us about your TMBG fandom. Uh, when, where, how, why? why? Why did you become a why fan? Why was you I inflicted
2: with this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, curse so curse um, of the Johns.
2: Let's see. I was, oh gosh, it was like 2000, I believe I was, I would have just been 16. Um, the aforementioned summer camp at which I was exposed to sign language for the first time. I went back as a counselor. Um, I met a guy named Jason. You may have seen him around. He's on Facebook with me. I drug him into the group. We did a song together for Mm. the comp that's coming out. Um, Mm -hmm. Jason, you're listening to this. Hi Jason. Um, hi Jason. So he, um, he was with Counselor there, um, and we were in the same, like, group. Like, our our groups were together. We did all the stuff that week together. Um, so we got to be, you know, pretty good friends. And the last night of the week, they do, like, a talent show. And his thing for the talent show was to put on Why Does the Sun Shine from Severe Tire Damage and just run around the room screaming the lyrics, basically. <laughs> um.
3: <laughs>
0: this is my talent. <laughs> the Sun is amazing.
2: yeah um well and he got his his campers in on it they did like i don't know choreography choreography anyway so that was that was literally my first introduction to they might be giants and i was like what is this this is really cool tell me more so he ended up (laughs) i think he burned severe tire damage for me and i started collecting on my own and
0: that's that's a pretty good place to start honestly i mean Um, it's a good live album plus you get dr worm right up front yes yeah. yeah, so that was
2: my introduction. Um, and the rest, as they say, is history, I suppose. Um, I've seen them in concert yeah. twice. Twice? Twice. Maybe three times. Definitely twice. It's
0: a little harder places we're at where there's driving involved yeah. every time. I mean, they've never played Harrisburg, I'd imagine.
2: They Maybe. They've played Harrisburg adjacent, like a half-hour drive.
0: Sure. So there's actually, always some. Wait, drag. actually
2: one of the ones I went to high school, one of the ones I went to in high school was <laughs> in Harrisburg proper, like the city got to go downtown. Um, okay. That was, that must've been just when no was coming out because let me, t- I'll tell you this story. Um, I do not yeah, remember. I'm,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm searching the wiki for Harrisburg and it's uh, not quite searching the way I wanted uh, to.
2: Um, the opening act, whoever it was, was very crass, very lewd. Lots of swearing, lots of sexual things, and a lot of <laughs> and a lot of parents were taking their kids out of the theater. And I'm like, I don't think this is supposed to be a kid show. Like,
3: yeah. like,
2: but no, I, I'm pretty sure no right. had just come out, so people were like, oh, they might be giants' kids album. Let's bring the kids, and it was not a kids album. It was not a kids show.
0: Okay, was it eight twenty one oh two? Probably. At uh, the Whittaker mm-hmm. Center. That's the one. There you go. I went with my sister. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. So so yeah, so No had come out. Did they play songs off No as well as adult I, songs? I, I don't well, think well, so. Just go ahead and
2: look not at that this I can recall. Say. I mean I don't recall much. This you know, twenty years ago. But um I don't think they played
0: it no. Well let's see. Why did I so I click on it and then, okay. All right. 821, 2002. Let's see. Well, it starts with, well, it's got the victorious intro. They're mysterious intros that they only do live. Then it, clap your hands. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. John Lee Supertaster. Sleepwalkers. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah, they're all amongst, and then you got like drink, you know, yeah. you've got, what is space crickets? Wait a minute. What it? Oh, my God. There's, I keep finding more songs. Okay, so that's more of like an intro to their second half of the set, I think. Probably just sound effects, man. Space to, cricket. It's, it's instrumental. Yeah. yeah. But there's all these ones I find. I'm like, do I put this on the spreadsheet or not? Or do I do like... You know what I should do is a Patreon episode to just talk about all the weird intros they've done. Ooh, I like that. I mean, if there's recordings of them, especially because there's not, how would we talk about it? But right. like this one was played 72 times. Oh, wow. So there's most definitely... Someone's got it. I already it have somewhere. a recording with it. Yeah. Museum of Idiots is where you'd go to look. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 2002. The first time I saw him was uh, 2001. Yeah. Was, yeah. Okay. I ever my main car. So, yeah, it was right around that same time. That was a uh, good era. I mean, that yeah. was the Band of Dance still. Yeah, it, might it have been was. come in quite yet. Mm-hmm. The Full House of Johnson and danes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and then you saw them one more time you're, you're you're fuzzy on the on the details. I'm fuzzy on the
2: details. Oh, it was yeah. um I I know where it was, but I'm not sure when it was. It was after that. Nope, I'm too fuzzy. <laughs> it's the 20 I mean if you know ago. if you know, the venue. Old. Uh, if you know the venue. You know the venue. Mm.
0: But that would that have been the name? would have been like Dickinson Hall or something um, like that. Is that going to come up here? I don't know what it's going to
3: come
0: up here. Emily Dickinson came up. Uh, shows 2002, 920, Dickinson College. Okay, let's see. Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, did you see them twice in 2002? Sounds like did I they,
2: might have, but that doesn't... I don't know. That one I went yeah, to with Jason. He
0: might know more. Huh. Yeah, I guess that would be a way to figure it out. Anyway. Oh, yeah, no, that, that was a good show, too. Yeah. It's yeah, it's tougher when you're not I'm just always cursing these East Coasters and the New Yorkers specifically. Ah! It's like it's like do you guys love TMG because you live in New York or did you move to New York just so you Ooh. could see all of the best they might be right, giant right. shows, you bastards. You know, it's like we get the horns, we get the full album shows, right. even if they don't tour right. it. Like all this special stuff that just um uh, makes me want to Murder all of them. Or, or
2: move to New York. Steal
0: their apartment. No, that'd no, be my vacation home. <laughs> mm. I would say, Hey, I live with you now just when I feel like coming out there for shows. I'm
2: sure okay. I'm sure you can find someone like minded online that will gra- graciously offer you a place to stay.
0: I'm sure there's someone I could crash with, but you know, actually I was talking about this with um I think this will air. Yeah, this will air before the episode with Averon mm. because we're finishing our cover. It won't air until the cover's done. Uh for John Lee Super Taster. Speaking of of uh No um or, no, I'm just kidding. John Postal. They have so many John songs. We did it's a John Lee Super Taster cover for the No Right tribute, right. which will be coming out, I guess, after Labor mm-hmm. Day now. But um the episode we did was for John Postal, which we also did a cover for. We just that was not intentional that we picked both John songs. Okay. But anyway, okay. um I was looking at flights just because I was like, I want to do another live episode because it's been forever mm-hmm. thanks to COVID. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, it seems crazy, but like the podcast is semi serious at this point. Why don't I do a live show in New York? Yeah, exactly. I I mean, not yeah. only is that like TMBG Central, but that's like where a lot of the listeners yeah. are. I even went to like my analytics stuff for the podcast, and I'm like, yeah, it's like there's more people that listen in New York than listen where I live. Nice. You know, or the state. Um, so, yeah, and I, someone would let me crash on their couch. I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure. You know, that night or two or whatever. Yeah how far How far is it for you from from where you're at in Pennsylvania out to like New York? Up
2: uh, three hours or so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Actually, they did. They sang New York City on one of those concerts I went to, and he, at that time, I think he probably still does it, but uh, plans was prone to changing the time to say it's blank to new york city so he did it's three hours from i'm three hours from new york city
0: <laughs> nice and that's how i remember yeah. it actually yeah oh, that's cool i don't know if anyone's told me that before i don't remember if i would have seen them play and they would have done it like that i don't know I don't remember. <laughs> it might also that's, depend that's on fun. how
2: far the distance is it might not fit in the song very well right <laughs> I'm fourteen hours
0: and yeah. two minutes from New York City, <laughs> or, or, or yeah, they're doing like an international show, <laughs> and I'm a nine-hour flight yes. from you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it, yeah. The transatlantic flight, Spain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, Factory Showroom, you when you were a fan, Factory Showroom had already come out. I guess, I mean, if if the first thing you heard. I mean, I guess it was 2000, but the first thing you heard was severe tire damage, like factory showroom was right before mm-hmm. that. Um, was factory showroom one that you you quickly got after? Because this was still CD buying days, unless CD you were Napstering. Days.
2: I was not Napstering. You,
0: or Kazing, nope. or LimeWire. I did none of
2: that till college. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, yeah. A good intercon- internet connection will make that a lot easier. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, this was still CD buying days. I don't remember the order in which I bought all of them. I know it was not chronological it was just kind of a whatever i could find when i could find it
0: yeah.
2: and you know amazon um, was not a thing yet so um but factory showroom is actually my favorite album
0: okay perfect yeah, yeah. so i was kind um, of like to
2: see this on the list i was like yes i'll do this yeah factory showroom
0: yeah uh yeah factory showroom it's funny, the, the journey that Factory Showroom has taken in my family. <laughs> I love I love Factory Showroom for reasons that are different than like loving other albums. I, I would have said maybe in high school it was my favorite album, but that was probably because it, it came out when I was in high right, school, sure. maybe. It was like the new one, right? Because so I graduated in 99. Um, yeah, and then like totally missed Long Tail Weekend with the transition to college. I'm just like, oh, there was an album a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Okay, I guess I should have gotten it. Um And I loved the production. As a band kid, like just the horns, the strings, Mm -hmm, just like the mm -hmm. full orchestration, the slick uh, production. I loved everything about it. Uh, I mean, looking at it now, I don't feel like it's their strongest track listing, but it has some of their best songs. Yes. Yes. I feel like it has a couple of their weaker songs, but I mean, that's the thing about the Might Giants. They... This was, yeah, I guess this was in the Covers Crew before you even called it the Covers Crew. You weren't in Thread yet, but we had this interesting discussion last summer. I remember I was, like, taking a break from painting Ramona's room right? So she wasn't even born yet. And we talked about how Don and us were like, does Team BG have a perfect album? Because, mm. like, they, I mean, they have so many songs, and they're the kind of band that aren't really writing concept albums right. or necessarily and there's two songwriters for one so like the fluidity of it isn't really their concern and never really has been and that's kind of what we like
3: yeah
0: is that they're all over the place um i don't know i guess most people would probably say the closest they come to a perfect album is flood i'd probably say lincoln even though apollo 18 is my favorite album see like it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense yeah yeah Factory Showroom is a fun one like there there's some songs like you know Mink Car has Mr. Excitement mm-hmm. a lot of people hate S-E-X-X-Y And Factory Showroom is one a lot of people hate mm-hmm. um, this is an X-E-X-S-Y episode but being that it's your favorite album do you think it's a good opener for no. Factory Showroom
2: no okay. it's not
0: yeah that's the general consensus. <laughs> it was an odd choice I, I blame it being the Monopuff days and nothing against Monopuff I like Monopuff it feels like it should have been a Monopuff yeah song. I can see that and I think there's some yeah I haven't done the episode yet but I f- I feel like there was something about that where he was trying to decide who to do it with because then he had Hal Craig in both bands at the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Metal Detector is an undisputed classic. Definitely. No one, I mean, other than like the biggest contrarian shitposting type <laughs> troll people would say like, "Well, oh, you like Metal Detector? That's so basic." Um, <laughs> It's, I mean, come on. It's like saying you don't like birdhouse. I mean, you just can't say right. that. Right? <laughs> so diving into it then, because we got a lot here yeah. on the uh, email I sent you. Yep. We got to play the demo yes. from the leaked tape. So the leaked tape, let me uh, bring up the wiki page on that, because the leaked tape is actually a pretty new leak. This was really, uh, really cool. The 1999 leaked studio tape. Uh, it just surfaced uh, in the fandom in November of 2021. Oh, wow! So not not even a year ago, yeah. this tape seemingly compiled by someone who worked with MF Giants in the studio, some engineer, um, probably not the producers, but I don't have the engineering credits for Factory Show in front of me, but um, it's, Un, what what were unheard recordings at the time from demos of uh, Factory Showroom demos uh, John Linnell demos for Factory Showroom and Minkar, Car of Song stuff wax recordings and some ads these Coca Cola songs <laughs> um, it's yeah I would highly recommend I've mentioned it on the pod before but if people haven't gone and grabbed it I believe if you're on the Facebook uh, group miscellaneous tea I think in the downloads tab someone it's still it's in there. But it's 33 tracks of just cool, weird stuff. It's just another one of those like, tip, like when Power Down song and Power Down song two were put online, everyone lost their minds. <laughs> and then now this. So without further ado, let me play it, the demo, and we'll talk about it. So I drop all this stuff in and post. Um, if you need to listen to a little bit of nope. it again, I'm good. It, okay. Remember, so it. thoughts. So we got the notes. She, as Abby Bash said to me on her very first appearance on the show, like episode 11 or something, she's like, I got notes, bitch. I'm like, damn. Okay. Nice. All right. I'm like, I like this girl. Nice.
1: Down at the shore,
3: there's a place where there's no one vacation in. There's just the sound of the call of the wild overcome.
1: He's with me, huh? with me all of this
0: So what do you think about the mental detector demo, this leaked demo?
2: I like it. You can hear a lot of things that made it to the final version. I'm always, in listening to demos and live versions and covers, I'm always like, what are they going to put for the sounds that I hear on the ground? Because we know on the recording, it's mm-hmm. the whatever it's called. Adrian, uh described it as a mechanical duck. I don't think it's, a, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like a duck to me. If I said it, if it would be anything like a robot dog or something, but not even that. Mm-hmm.
0: It does sound more like barking. Yeah.
2: yeah, so I'm always interested to see what takes the place of that, and um, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: at first when I listened to this, I was like, is that somebody just screaming? No, 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 it's something else. <laughs> um, and I like there's a lot of like synthy robot sounds, and um You can actually, from from my headphones, I was like, "Is there? There's like very subtle harmonies in here that didn't make it to the final version." So, it's an interesting take, and I liked it overall.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, for me as a analog synth enthusiast, I do not own a micro Moog. Like, um, I was pronouncing it has. Yeah, it's a very common mistake. So Robert Moog. It's a guy's name phonetically it most definitely looks like you'd say it moog i said it wrong for a long time but um just looking at stuff online vintage synth explorer is like my i just would obsessively look at stuff until i eventually ended up with a Roland juno 60 couldn't afford a moog and they're even more expensive now um like un- unbelievably so so i un- <laughs> Let's just take a look on eBay for Micro Moog if there even is one wow. up for sale. Only $1,500. It's one of the more um, affordable ones. I think I was thinking I'd been looking at uh, <laughs> Memory Moogs, which are <laughs> were uh, much more. Uh, uh, okay, here's one for $26,000. $26,000. Wow. So <laughs> Micro Moog is one of the more affordable ones. There's also like the Prodigy uh the the moog rogue i think he was tired of having his the brand name mispronounced so he named it the rogue it rhymes people the moog rogue um right and it it's it's a very simple synthesizer but by today's standards but still very coveted Mm -hmm. it's um it's monophonic meaning you can only play one note at a time Mm -hmm. so you cannot play chords um, this was the very very early synthesizer um, not the earliest but it' was 1975 so okay. still pretty early cool. in the in the, the world of synths and it has this what they always describe it as a, a fat sound and you know you can only play one note at a time but you'll use it like for bass lines or for lead lines mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of hip-hop producers still use moogs for the bass or they'll use cool. an electric bass and Double the sound with a Moog. Nice. But the, uh, the Micro Moog, what I like also about this Vintage Synth uh, Explorer website is that they'll tell you notable people that have used the certain instruments. Okay. And uh, Kraftwerk has used the Micro Moog very notably. Chick Korea uh, recently passed. Herbie Hancock. So even like some of these like fusion guys and like sure, you're not sure, necessarily. Sure. Like, Kraftwerk makes sense. You're like, okay, these nerdy, like, kind of computer-loving synth guys. But um, it was, like, you know, peak technology in the 70s as far as keyboard goes. Yeah, cutting edge. Yeah, and so when Linnell had it, you know, he was playing a lot early on. It was only, you know, a 10-, 11-, 12-year-old instrument. You know, it wasn't, I don't know, would you call that vintage? I don't think you'd call it a vintage instrument yet at the time when he was really using it, right? now, I guess
2: it's subjective because with Apple products, it's
0: vintage after it's five years old. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so. we, we've changed the connectors now. That other one is obsolete. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Linnell had used it a lot in the early days, but it sounds like he had kind of ditched it because Moogs are notoriously um, unstable for for lugging around. Ah. Uh, analog synths can actually go out of tune. Oh. And can more easily be broken. Like my Juno sixty even has a tuning knob in the back. It's just for general. You just you're tuning the entire thing um, because weather can affect them. Interesting. Um, yeah, because analog synths like the circuitry, the electricity going through the circuits ah. is what's producing the tone. Okay, I it's see. not like a modern keyboard, which is basically like a sampler. Right. Like here's a trumpet sound. Higher, 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 higher. Right. Um, so they can go out of tune. You bump them. They get broken easily. Oof. I mean, my my Juno I got for 300 is now a perfect one. Goes for $3,000. Um i have put maybe 500 into it repairing it over the years since I bought it in uh, 2000. Had to have parts r- shipped from Roland, Japan. Oh, wow. like it's just very – it's a 1982-84, so it's not too much older than a micro moog, But they're very y- – you don't want to be lugging them around – the country. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so he kind of upgraded, at least would have been looked at as upgraded, but then he was like, you know, that thing made some pretty cool sounds. <laughs> so this 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 demo seems like he was really just like he had lugged it out of the closet. Let's put it to work. And was like, Okay, I'm just messed but there's some sounds on this demo that are just insane. Yes. And I think yes. I I, I, I uh-huh. like it's just more even more distinct than what made it to the, the cleaned up studio version. But the the things that are found under the ground that like, ah, like all that, I'm I'm it's gotta be the micromoe too. I'm like, I don't know if I could get that sound out of my mm-hmm. synthesizer, but with the sounds and knobs available on the micromoag, get that kind of you can make the oscillator kind of like detune with itself and do that's uh. what it kind of sounds like to me. Like the sound okay, is kind of sure. just like like fighting against itself to make that weird kind of metallic crunching. Yes. Sound. yes. <laughs> and I love it. It's just like the demo is just like, Oh my God, this is just like yeah, a I like synth it a lot. nerd's dream. <laughs> Cause he's just by himself. He's like, I'm going to fill the space just with Moog sounds. Yep.
2: Yep. Just a little stack of them on top of each other.
4: Love it
0: so much. Uh, but I mean, the song is pretty much fully formed as yes. far as, Progressions, lyrics were there. A, there's I didn't a notice any difference in the lyrics. Difference. Yeah. Now I, I will confess that down. I
2: always mix up the lyrics. I'm always waiting under the ground, waiting at wait behind, but under like I always mix up the prepositions and what's under the sand and what's under the land and so, sure. So yeah. maybe he put those in a different order. I don't know because I can only know when I'm singing along and if they change it, then do that.
0: I mean, I'm scanning through quick. They look pretty much the same. And usually the wiki would point that out. I yeah. mean, I'm on the the, t- the the page for the demo. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mention any lyrical dis- differences, and I'm sure it would if it had them. Uh, yeah, the demo. Man. It's like these little gems, you know they're around. They've released the John Henry demos as a CD. Like, it's just... Release uh, either a demo version or a deluxe version. I just this just occurred to me on the Thirty Two Footsteps episode. I was just like, why haven't they put out like Flood Deluxe? Right. Like, no, Elektra was like, we need to hear some of these songs ahead of time. There's demos somewhere. I know Flames has them on like a reel somewhere. <laughs> right. They're on they a cassette. Be. They're yeah. on something. They gotta be somewhere. We, you know, they keep releasing Flood on these different vinyl variations, but I just want a nice CD copy of like 80 tracks where it's just like them fucking around in the studio (laughs) or something. You know? Yes, I know. (laughs) I want that for every album. Yeah. At least those older ones where demoing was actually thing. Demoing isn't isn't so much of a thing these days just because you can just, you know, like stuff that's on book, like Flans just did it in his apartment. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think, yeah, like, If Day for Winnipeg was just, like, Linnell came up with this thing, sent it over, Flannes did the rest, Dan, Danny, and Marty are not on the track. That's like, that's right. the album track. Right. There's right. no demo. That's it, right? But for the old stuff, give me, give us the stuff. You know we would buy it. You know that we would. <laughs> we do that kind of thing. We We, we support you guys. Come on. That's right. Uh, so, should we get into so? If we're gonna start talking about lyrics and stuff like that, should we talk about this odd book? Sure. That uh, Linnell has said inspired the track. Yeah. Um, he said on Studio Three Hundred and Sixty in Two Thousand Three. Uh, quote: It's based on a book about finding buried treasure in Casco Bay, Maine. Uh, at the top of the chart. No, he didn't add that a little bit. Written by a complete crackpot, and ah. he uses a metal detector. This is what I love. He's like, it's I'm basing it on this book, and this guy he just disses the author completely. So it's yeah, it's Buried Treasure of Casco Bay by B. F. Kennedy Jr. Um Yeah. Treasure hunting locations for the modern treasure hunter. And you told me today. You have Delved into this book, a little yeah. Bit. I Bernard, was, uh, Bernard Bernard Faulkner Kennedy, Jr. The total crackpot. What did, What do you What did you make of? Uh, well, how far did you get into it? What were you reading? You were skimming. Or? Um, I was
2: kind of skimming, really, all the chapters that I could scroll through, uh, looking for like like references, like oh, he used this phrase or he's. I didn't find anything, but yeah. it's definitely like a love letter to the islands of. Of Casco Bay Maine, like everything is about like the little local spots, and you have to make sure you eat at this restaurant, and just it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely like written by someone who has been there forever and is encouraging everyone to come visit. I'm actually wondering if it was made as kind of a tourism thing.
0: Um yeah, it almost gives out that vibe. So it came definitely. out in 1963. And this guy Kennedy was born in Portland, Maine, in 1916. Mm-hmm. Let's see, he spent most of his life in the area. Yeah, so Portland, Maine. Um, and then he retired in 1976. Yeah, I, 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 think I sent you a link. I think I found his grave.
2: Yeah. I saw. I saw that you found that
0: Well, when I found his full name, um, I'm sorry, it's not Bernard. It's Bern, Burnett. Or wait, or am I looking at a wrong B F? Oh, now I'm realizing, did I type it wrong in the email or did? The link says Burnett. Yeah, the link says Burnett and now I'm, okay, it is Burnett. So at the top of the the (sighs) Gutenberg.org file where you can read it, Burnett, I had typed it wrong in the email. So Burnett Faulkner Kennedy Jr. on findagrave.com. If you search Burnett Faulkner Kennedy. Uh, Oh, this is Kennedy Sr. This was his dad. Uh This was his dad. Because it's Maine. Also, born in Canada, um, died in uh, Maine. So that was where Junior was born, mm-hmm.
2: um, and stuck around.
0: And children. There we go. I found him now. August nineteen sixteen. If you look on that same link and you scroll down to children, um, it has kind of a younger looks like a yearbook photo oh, of okay. Burnett Faulkner Kennedy Jr. His his dad really looked like a crackpot. Like yeah, kind dad, of. Needed to go to a dentist. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, buried in Forest City Cemetery in South Portland, Maine. If you'd like to go visit this Total Crackpot's grave, mm-hmm. I don't know why you would. Uh, take a metal detector and take a picture. Yes. In front of it. <laughs> you know, Use the metal detector, see if he's wearing a watch, and I mean, uh, like, d- dig him up and given, shake his hand. Nice.
2: <laughs> given his uh, predilection towards metal detectors and hunting with metal detectors, you'd think he would have liked... Bury me with a bunch of things that they can find, you know? Yeah,
0: right? You can put them on top of the casket. You know, like, there's a bunch of coins, you know? That's right, yeah. Bury people with coins. Yeah, instead of like throwing the flowers riches. in the grave,
2: just throw metal stuff, whatever you got. <laughs> yeah, Bring your old like cans. A, they're really just like a freak rake. out the historians.
0: <laughs> I got Bernard <Burnett> Faulkner's rake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his gardening tools are all buried with him. I don't know why. He must
2: have really yeah. loved gardening
0: several watches yeah belt buckles
2: <laughs> but yeah i mean the book is full of like little tour lots of pirate stories lots of legend says this pirate came to this island and you might find stuff if you go here uh, but if then geology has changed with you know surface erosion so you might need to go deeper and it's it's pretty cool wow. um and also what i like is because each chapter is a different island. And I have not looked up the geography of Casco Bay. I don't know how the islands are arranged or whatever. Um, but on each one, he's like, you know, this is private property. You better talk to these people before you just go walk in with your metal detector. And that's great. I like that. So
0: so the names of the people that were living there in 1963.
2: Right. Um, so yeah. he did Macworth Island. And Mackworth Island is home to the main school of the deaf which oh. is now called the governor Baxter school for the deaf and hard of hearing, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he suggests, you know, <laughs> they own the Island. So go talk to them to make sure you can go metal detect on their property. And I was like, that's a great coincidence. So I'm like, I'm on the main school for the deaf's website looking at here. They have a whole museum full of artifacts that they've collected over the years from the islands and goes back to like native times and pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Right. In chapter one, it's like, okay, so why was there? Why is there so much treasure to be had in Casco Bay? Yeah. Talking about the early settlers were always hiding their money from the Indians and bandits. And the best place to put their money was, of course, in the ground, as they had no bank vaults in in which to keep it safe. So yeah, I'm just like no, okay. little right, this little yeah, a hay mattress. This this little island, I'll just bury it here. And then I died. So it's still out it's still there. Out there Go find it. Metal detectors, hunters, treasure hunters. It's uh it's interesting. I mean, it's very um I mean, I'd like to see what it looks like in book form because the way this Gutenberg site has it, it's almost just like bullet points yeah
2: yeah because like i said each chapter is its own island but as you're just scrolling down infinitely it's just boop 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 yeah it doesn't really lend itself to an adventure book you
0: know yeah cushing's island the year 1632 was a long time ago (laughs) and (laughs) any artifact uncovered here would be worth its weight in gold not only as an antique but as a real historical piece yeah this uh yeah, I don't know. Was this guy a total crackpot or just, like, really like treasure hunting?
2: I didn't get a crackpot vibe from it. I got an enthusiast vibe from it. Yeah. Both for the art of treasure hunting, metal detecting, and also, as I said, for the place itself. Um, yeah. A lot of history, a lot of folklore, and a lot of make sure you eat at this place, you know. Um, so that's, yeah. that's the vibe I got from it
0: so this ebook version I guess they put out in 2019 so like people are, people are still like if you're a treasure hunter you know check read this, this out or I mean I guess at least as a part of like treasure hunters history like way this guy's notable right yeah because you can you can buy this uh on Amazon mm-hmm. um and such yeah there's a small publisher like I can't seem to find the original publisher it seems like in 63 it'd be pretty hard to self-publish a book right but i can't seem to figure it out yeah so you can buy you can buy a paperback of it um with real shitty not comic sans but almost as bad uh. fonts buried treasure of casco bay i don't know why they wouldn't have used that cool image that's on the uh gutenberg thing maybe but it was. nine nine dollars and 31 cents you can buy mm. a paperback apparently hardcovers exist um oh that looks like more of an original one Ooh, $60. Looks like there's one collectible version. Nice. On Amazon. And, oh, my God, it has his signature in it. What? In 1964, Someone yeah, best wishes, Ben Kennedy. So I guess Bennett went by Ben.
2: Makes sense. Um, I do see that it was um, the Forest City Printing Company of South Portland, Maine. So it was locally produced. Yeah. And this
0: the, the Gutenberg one is actually its third printing. Hmm. So okay. not quite yeah.
2: self-produced, but something
0: like it. Mm. I'm also kind of looking around Google Maps in that area. Oh yeah. Gotta be a really a looks like there's a lot of really cool old lighthouses and light stations and stuff like that. Cause yeah, there's a lot of stuff to crash your boat into over yeah. here. <laughs> Man, Maine. I haven't been to Maine since I was, like, I don't know, a family vacation. I don't know. I in high school. I have it's, not been it's to beautiful.
2: Maine. I've not been to Maine at all yet.
0: It's beautiful. I mean, that's where you go if you want to see some whales, too. That's what Oh, you're yeah. Nice. Whale-watching trips. My sister was nuts about it.
2: Now, um, now you got me in the book again. The locations given in this book do not guarantee that you will find treasure there or anywhere in Casco Bay. These locations, don't hold me
0: accountable to your the, your lack of treasure.
2: Right. These locations are places where history took place. Maybe you will find treasure. Maybe not.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's local history too. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, uh, that's
2: definitely the vibe I got from it.
0: I wouldn't say big, crackpot,
2: Linnell. Gosh,
0: yeah. <laughs> it sounded good in the in the interview. Sure, so, made for snappier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, discourse. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then I'm looking at like, okay. How much is the metal detector? And they're not as expensive as I thought they would be. I mean, you can get one for sixty bucks. Oh, that's nice. 90 bucks. Here's one for fifty. I bet that one. Metal detector for adults. (laughs) Uh. Metal detector after drug.
3: Yeah.
0: And I was I was just kind of tooling around in the the Wikipedia entry for just metal detectors. Uh In general, and uh, because it's a pretty interesting piece of technology, you know, just yeah. like very important. Uh, so I mean, 1874, this guy in Paris, Gustave Trove, Tro, I don't know how to pronounce French, you just leave off like the last six letters
3: sometimes. Yeah,
0: it looks like Trove. I don't know, sounds good. He has the accent, he has the accent, Gustave Trove. Uh, developed a handheld device for locating and extracting metal objects such as bullets from human patients so it was to I, find hmm. a bullet in a person before you start digging yeah <laughs> and cutting <laughs> right inspired by him alexander graham bell who you may have heard of oh yeah just a um, little bit yeah surprisingly doesn't have anything i to talking about him developed a similar device to attempt uh, to locate a dodge bullet in the chest of American President James Garfield in 1881. The metal detector worked correctly, but the attempt was unsuccessful because the metal coil spring bed Garfield was lying on confused the detector. Oh, no!
2: Truve. This
0: this guy's riddled with bullets. Yeah. (laughs) How
2: many times can you get shot and live?
0: (laughs) Just keep cutting.
2: (laughs) Um, So I've have like eight years of French under my belt. Trouvé, which is the last uh-huh. name of the guy who invented metal protector, means found in French.
5: What?
0: Yeah. I mean, come on. That's a coincidence, right? It's got to be. Or is like, my name is found. I'm going to find stuff.
5: I, I mean,
2: it, maybe he took it as a colon. Uh,
0: I mean, really, that was, I mean, it was like as a, you know, medical thing. I guess he wasn't going around. Looking for things with it. And I just put it up to a random person. It's like, hey. But you got metal in in your body. (laughs) What are you touching me with? What What is that?
2: Why is it beeping?
0: Yeah. So it was the 1920s, though, that, like, the actual, like, metal detectors. We know it Ah. became. Yeah. Some guy named Gerhard Fischer seemed to be the first person to, like, use different sorts of, it was for navigation almost. more. And that's very interesting. And, of course, the, the World Wars were. You know, World War II specifically was mm-hmm. where they refined it, you know, to find mines. Yeah. And, I mean, the way they look back then is they still kind of look the same way. You the kind same kind of... When,
2: when you picture yeah. a metal detector, it pretty much is that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it seems like it would be kind of fun to do. Yeah. Have, I mean, I feel like as a kid, especially when I, when I first heard this song in high school, I'm like, man... Could use some money. Just go out, you know, to the beach, you know, the Get beaches the of Lake Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> find a quarter someone left behind. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Know. Fair
2: change.
0: That's all you would find. It wouldn't be <laughs> that. In Lake Michigan Beach, I don't think so. To the actual song, I mean, the, the lyrics of the song, like you said, you didn't find any exact, Phrases or anything like that. there's not any mention of a
2: mine anywhere in the book. I know because I used the control F function.
0: You're smart. I know. Computer person. Yeah, so not a single... Yeah, I mean, there wouldn't be any mines. You can't dig down a mine on a tiny island. Well,
2: and when you said about war mines, and then I was like, wait a minute, what if it's that kind of mine? Meet him still. It's not in the book.
0: I... You know... God, when the song first came out, I'm trying to think about how I would have first interpreted it over the mine. I think, yeah, I think in my head I I had put it together early on as being, you know, as a kid obsessed with just violent video games and comic books and all this kind of stuff. I think to me it was like he's looking, you know, he's looking for stuff, but he also doesn't want to get blown up.
2: Okay. I definitely interpreted it as like a mine where you dig for stuff.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, that could also make sense, but. I mean, if you're going spelunking or whatever down in a cave or you're going into a mine, would you bring a metal detector? I mean, I guess why not?
2: I mean, I guess it depends what you're mining, right? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know what a metal detector would be able to detect through, you know, rock layers.
0: Yeah. How far can a modern metal detector go down? I don't Hmm. know. I'm sure the more expensive one you got, the more you're going to get there. Yeah, uh,
2: and I know there's different sizes. I'm sure the bigger ones have more of an area to cover and perhaps more penetrating rays. Rays, I don't even know what they are.
0: Those healing rays (sighs) we've been sending to flans. We'll just hold a metal detector over him and (laughs) hopefully he doesn't have anything in there. Start digging! (laughs) Hey, Doc, there's something in there. That's the bed frame. Oh, okay.
2: Oops, not anymore. It's part of his frame now. (laughs) We've
0: removed this protrusion. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, So it it does sound kind of like, I mean, I love the way the song starts. Mm -hmm. Like there's all this stuff that comes, you know, about volleyballs and bathing beauties and all this. But this guy's going to the places where no one's vacationing. Mm right and the the call of the wild just like the it, it really paints a picture right off yes. the bat about it being like an adventure right
2: definitely and like a desolate you know you can almost hear like the waves breaking and nothing else and the fear yeah. of the unknown
0: yeah the, yeah the fear of the unknown that one yeah what i mean it's worried about uncovering something uh I don't even know. Or the fear of a mind. I was just about to say, the fear of exploding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because, yeah, it makes it sound like the character is a person who likes to be alone, Mm -hmm. get out in nature, this is a peaceful activity for them by themselves, right? Because then later it's like, look past the volleyball. Right, don't care
2: about the people in bathing suits, just pales in comparison. Right, to
0: the treasures that I can find. And um, yeah, did, well, did you have to look up the, the word folderol when you were l- younger? Because I sure did. I,
2: yes, TMBG has introduced me to a lot of words. Yes. Um, folderol was most likely one of them. I had a, I have have had and still have a pretty extensive vocabulary just by myself because I was a voracious reader as a child. Um, but I think folderol is definitely one of those that I may not have known.
0: I had thought at first that it had, it sounds like a drug. Doesn't yeah. that sound like a drug? Yes. drug yep. Falderol. Because sound like you like,
2: have Adderall, you have like folate. Yeah, I can right. hear it.
0: And to me, like the way my mind jumped as a, as a young man was that as like, okay, this is a scummy beach. Like people have come here to do drugs. Oh, no. There's like there's like syringes around or whatever. You don't want that. You
2: don't want to find it, those with the metal detector. I mean, you, you do
0: to avoid them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look past all of the discarded drug paraphernalia <laughs> and devices. That's that's not what you're looking for. You're looking for that that booty. That's right. That tr- <laughs> Pure gold. <laughs> <Not> this- <laughs> Pure gold. Uh, Texas tea. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, wait, no, that's black goes. gold. <laughs> Maine tea uh, yeah man I, yeah I want to go to Maine with the middle of the thick yes. I was like hey honey I know where we're going next that's
2: right here's our vacation plans.
0: <laughs> what did you buy on Amazon for $129 oh nothing it's probably something they might be giants related kind
2: yeah, of yeah factually actually
0: <laughs> Linnell was inspired by a crackpot, and I was inspired by a crackpot named Linnell <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, <which I'm, laughs>
0: I mean, really, come on. In the future, let's say, you know, like 100 years from now, mm-hmm. people look back at they might be giants' lyrics, the same way they're looking yes. back at the treasure of Casco yes. Bay or yes. whatever. Yes. Like, this guy was a crackpot. <laughs>
2: Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> come up
0: with this. Yeah. Falderall, and just ball, gull, and Falderall, mm-hmm. they don't. Ball and fall Rhyme, but girl, yeah, and doll.
2: It they're all kind of what? slant rhymes, slight rhymes, depending on yeah. how you pronounce it. And as we all know, Linnell has a very distinct accent.
0: Yeah, that can affect the vowels, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh it's that seems almost more like a Flansburgian thing these days, is him trying to come up with a unique rhyme that he's never used before. Sure. Um, but in this case, yeah, Linnell's like what else can I rhyme here? Yep. yep. Falderall. I mean, did he? It's a great that word. word. It is, but who uses that word? I've never honestly. I've never heard that word used before or since. Not just in song, but in, in any capacity that I can remember. Because I know if if it was on a TV show or something, and someone just falderall, I'd be like, ah, I know, I know what that word. Is. I don't think I've ever heard anyone use that word before or since ever. Have you? Uh,
2: not. I mean, maybe I can think. I don't know, maybe in a book somewhere, but like, I don't have a specific memory of it, but yeah.
0: So how would you sign Falderall? I'm just kidding. <laughs>
2: That's not going to go over well on your audio podcast, Greg.
0: <laughs> would you just spell it out if oh, it's gosh, a word no, that you don't know please. what it means? I mean,
2: okay. I I'm do, not going
0: to make you do it. I'm just asking I do if, know you, what it if means. you get to a song.
2: But um, oh. a lot of times you, you spelling it. Yes. And then giving like a signed like explanation of what it is. And then okay. maybe coming up with something abbreviated if it's going to come up a lot, so you don't have to keep spelling it the whole dang time, because guess what, yeah. that gets tiring quickly. But yeah. for folder I all, I would kind of do like a like a like a mound of like dirty trash, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, a useless item. I mean, I also said like trivial. Like, yeah, you mean trivial yeah. or nonsensical? Yeah, just like. N- like nonsense yeah, yeah just like not important yes yeah. this is the <clears> sign
2: for like not important
0: right you gotta so get the sign... facial
2: expression it's important
0: like it's yeah <laughs> yeah i know i always like watching that too uh so you'd be yeah you'd sign like a synonym i mean is that a thing there are is, yeah what
2: um know? what i just listed is kind of a, a an expanded synonym right yeah
0: yeah okay oh huh. interesting Cool. Um, What other favorite lyrics you got in here? I mean, there's so many good rhymes. There there
2: are, there are. Um, Well, it's not quite a favorite lyric, but I will admit to having a bias towards um, the versions where um, the second verse is everything. Oh,
3: my gosh.
2: gosh, Everything on the top will just suddenly stop being interesting. Because I know in the original studio version, he... uh, Elides elides that into interesting, but in some versions, like the cast your pod version is interesting. And I just like that. I don't know, it flows better for me. Um
0: but Yeah. The rhythm of yeah, interesting. Inter yeah. It's one of those words where it's like, How many syllables is that? You know, there's, there's certain <laughs> words like that, like the way a musician will do it, you're like, Well, that's two syllables, right? I'm like, no, well, that's that's interesting. interesting. Yeah, no. <laughs> um yeah, interesting.
2: Yeah, so I, I like that Force part of it. But um, my favorite lyrics is probably um, the beginning of that verse. Every seashell has a story to tell if you're listening. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, that's one of those things that, like, kids, adults, like, if you find, like, a kick-ass show, like, like, yeah. you're going to put it up to Oh,
2: absolutely, and I do. Yeah, we know, my family would go to the beach a lot uh, growing up. And my sister and I would always <coughs> shell hunt. And so it's still a, a, a moment of pride when you get, like, the big con shells in yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah, they're still right. occupied. You got to be careful.
0: Right. <laughs> <you>. Ow! <laughs> <Pinch>. hey, ow!
2: <laughs> ah, pinch! Scare! 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 The ocean doesn't sound
0: scary. <laughs> I mean... This- Obviously, calls back to you know, snail shell. Yes. Underneath every shell, there's in a, a story, story as well, right? You lift it up, mm-hmm, and like, mm-hmm. Oh, hey, sorry, I just took your house. Boop. I'll put you back, I'll put your back, I'll put you back in your, your seashell. seashell. <laughs> she sells seashells by the seashore. It's about as fast as I can say it, yes, yeah. And I love all the rhymes. Um, I guess you'd call them internal rhymes, right? Where like the rhymes in the middle of the internal line, rhyme, like, yep. Then yeah then everything on top just will just suddenly, suddenly stop. stop seeming interesting mm-hmm. right yep. so listen now to the sound of the things that are found under the ground yes. you got three yep. three yep. rhyming yep. words yep. there yep.
2: well four because now is kind of a slight rhyme of found the ground and hmm. it's got that owl sound to it
0: he's stacking them all up that's right I've got people texting me with complaints about my scores what what is the world come to hmm. your your racist friend gets a 9.2 <laughs> how dare you <laughs> or is he happy about that i can't even tell what these multiple exclamation points and question marks mean uh,
2: varies from person <laughs> to person and what is being discussed uh
0: i haven't asked you, are you much of a beach person are you a beach person i love the not? beach yeah do you play some volleyball
2: i mean i'm not very good at it but i enjoy it
0: do you like sunbathing
2: um no no i if I'm at the beach, I'm in the water,
0: yeah, and I'm too afraid of burning,
2: yeah, I burn pretty if, easily, yeah, so
0: if i if I'm laying out, there's most definitely something providing shade there yeah. at the moment you know uh and uh, what what are your thoughts on on seagulls? <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of annoying yes. Right? They can be pretty, but I mean they're like the pigeons of the shore. Basically, and really, that's more people's fault than anything. Oh sure, yeah, over yeah, the they years, definitely. They've learned created
2: that in them.
0: They've learned to come and eat our, our mm-hmm. scraps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, this song has. I mean, there's a bit of. Repeating of lyrics and kind of shuffling around of lyrics, but yes. the lyrics are so so great. I mean, I I don't mind repetition at all. It helps you sing it. Yes. So you said before that sometimes you accidentally switch the what was it? The land in the sand. Yeah. With
2: something waiting here yeah. beneath the land, something hidden there beneath the sand. I don't know which one is which. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It, it, the song it almost cracks four minutes. So yeah. It, it, Three minutes and fifty seconds—that's like epic length. Yeah. In factory showroom, they were pretty long-winded on this album. I'm not sure what got into these boys. (laughs) Again, I always just go to the that they're taking Electra to the bank. We're like, that's right, that's right. We're gonna long songs, full orchestration.
2: Ring them for all the money they're worth.
0: Yeah. 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 detector 350, but that's not the longest song. Actually, that's the. Third longest song. Do you know what the longest song on oh, like, Factory Harm is? I know I'm going
2: through in my head. Spiraling shape is pretty pretty long up there.
0: That's the one. That's what I was thinking. Oh wait, it's actually fourth. Okay, so we go spiraling shape. Um I'm mistaken. How can I sing like a girl is six seconds longer. Oh my gosh. Eight seconds longer. How can I sing like a girl? 432, spiraling shape four twenty-four. Pet name four oh four, yeah, and then metal detector three fifty. They like have never. I don't think they'd cracked four minutes in their entire career. And then suddenly,
2: bam, 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 bam.
0: Three songs, yeah, and then and then right back to short songs Mm -hmm. again. Um, but I mean, they don't feel long to me. They don't.
2: No, when it's a good song, it
0: doesn't feel long. The metal detector has that fade out at the end, Mm -hmm. which is pretty rare. For the a giant song. Yeah. I'm I'm just thinking about like how long they let the tape roll with Linnell just like
3: <laughs> and then micro
0: Moog. he's he's just like a got this like dumb grin on his face like <laughs> And they're like, Okay, yeah, we'll and Flan's is like, we'll fade that out, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll fade that
2: out. Totally. <laughs> when well, you did it just now, you reminded me of um okay. Uh, Hopefully, this is not too dated of a reference. The dog from Duck Hunt Nintendo.
0: (laughs) That's a pretty old reference. But I, yeah, I bought the NES with the money relatives gave me after my first communion in the mid-80s. I had the Duck Hunt gun. Yes. I love the, the, the little dog that comes out and, like, snickers at you. And that's
2: what you just reminded me of just now.
0: <laughs> the dog that laughs. It's your dog, and it laughs at you when right? you miss the target.
2: <laughs> Great support you are, <laughs> hunting dog.
0: Getting a new dog. That's right. didn't train this one very well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of, like, elaborate arrangements and um, taking Electra to the bank... Uh, apparently Linnell, uh wrote the horn charts. So someone asked on their Tumblr about how they do their own arrangements and brought up drawings of Lumberland. She's actual size. Mm-hmm. Um, and Flans is the one to always answer these. And he says, a good question with many answers. Some simple charts like working undercover or the riff in Let Me Tell You About My Operation were done by me the deluxe charts on metal detector museum of idiots and she's actual size were put together by John L and then he also gives props to Stan Harrison um who has done arrangements on some of the more the newer more complicated stuff uh Dan Levine a uh, trombone low brass guy has also done some arrangements like electric car um but yeah back in the 90s i mean they could have spent electric money to bring in somebody and do it but to me it seems fun to to should be doing that yourself oh
2: definitely but,
0: yeah especially for a guy that does woodwinds and you know brass is not too far you know he's yes yeah he's got knowledge of uh instruments that you blow into not <laughs> just the keyboard <laughs> right yeah yeah i love finding out about that little stuff
2: yeah all the little bits of lore
0: yeah and th- so the last two trivia bits do you have the wiki in front of any i do actually do you- so this song has been used a couple of times. You want to read those last two trivia bits, uh, uh, TV times, I suppose.
2: Yeah. MSNBC countdown with Keith Overman accompanying a story about a metal detector. Well.
0: Yeah. A drug arrest at a
2: set of metal detector, by which I mean, I assume they're meaning like the freestanding, like you go through at an airport metal detector and not like right. stand
0: here while I go beep, 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 beep all over Handheld. you. Handheld. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's another sort of metal detector. Yeah. I did not even thought about those little ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song would take on a whole new meaning if you were talking about security metal detectors. Yeah. I mean, you could write a sequel to this song. It's with me
2: so all I,
0: the time. Yeah. So I wonder if Keith Olbermann is a They Might Be Giants fan or if it just was one of his producers. Probably producers, right? Yeah, they're yeah. like,
2: hey, what, what song can we play on the, you know, on this... What is like, bumper music for this story. Oh, well, we got
0: a song yeah. about a metal detector, right? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, hoping they would have gotten paid for that. I would think right? on the CNN thing that you would they would have to pay all the licensing. I'm imagining they would.
2: I would imagine um,
0: so. But, like, yeah, I'm just, like, picturing myself, like, ooh, I could get this. This old news guy, this old journalist on the show. That'd be an interesting guest. And then I'd get through like all the management types and stuff. And someone's like, Yeah, he doesn't know what you're talking <laughs> about. What song? What band? I'm like, oh, well, that was a waste of That was of time. so
2: long ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: 16
2: yeah. years.
0: <laughs> right. But did he even know it at the time?
2: Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 2006. So that was kind of, yeah, it was a decade old song.
2: Oh yeah, at and that then,
0: point, yeah, yeah. And then, do you watch? Do you watch YouTubers? I
2: don't. Not my favorite <laughs> Neither,
0: really. Not you my favorite. There's like maybe I guess there's maybe one guy, one of these couple guys I watched that used to have an actual TV show ah. um, that became a, and and then after that show ended, they just kept doing it on YouTube. But not like one of those. I don't know. That I. We're both just old yep. and. At least me, I'm cranky. I'm older and crankier. <laughs> and it just is like these people are all so stupid.
2: Why are they yelling? Not all of them. Please stop yeah, yelling. Why,
0: why are they yelling? Why are they breaking things? Yeah. Uh well, I mean I used to do that too, but you know, we 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 filmed it just for our own right? benefit to watch it at home. Yeah. And hope that it didn't get found by the police. You know right? these days yeah, I mean, put it right out there.
2: YouTube <laughs> Became like a thing when I was like a senior in college, and it didn't even really like take off until after I graduated. Like,
0: yeah, when Google bought it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this deep digger Dan, uh, he's got a metal detecting show YouTube channel. Yeah. Did you look him up? I I haven't watched any of the videos, but if looking at his channel, his 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 cover foot. I mean, he's, he's this is. Serious, but he used to use this as his opening and closing tune, which makes sense.
1: My metal detector is with me all of the time. I'm the inspector the
4: mine. Deep digger down, he's back. Come on! Get it! Good morning everybody! Lovely to see you all again. Do you like my new hat? Christmas present, loving it, loving it. We're ready to do some metal detecting. I'm on the beach, first time I've been on the beach metal detecting in probably eight, nine months. It's been that long because I hate doing the beach so much because I never find anything. There's nothing here, it's just rubbish. So, I've got to come here anyway today because I've got to give you a video. So I'm gonna show you why I hate it so much. I'm gonna show you every single thing I dig up, all right? and show you all the trash I have to deal with. We're not going to find anything. If we're lucky we'll find two coins and that's all. If we're very very lucky we'll find a cheap ring, that's all. We won't find any gold. It just don't work for me on the beach. I don't like it. I need fields. Anyway, let's get on with it. I'm really looking forward to it simply because you're here.
0: Um, I'm wondering if he stopped because the, the Johns were like, you need to pay us or stop using that.
2: I was about to say the same thing, yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's why uh, when, like, copyright law, you're actually, if you if you are talking about the song at hand, like me playing clips and we're discussing mm. it, that is a form of music journalism that is fair use. Okay. All right, so I've looked into this. I have a friend that's a copyright lawyer. Nice. But if you just use the song as your theme, it's not... You're not right. talking about the song. Right. It has nothing to do with the song. Right. It's just, yeah, either bumper music, theme music, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is when you get in trouble. Like, famously, the, the McElroys, I don't know if they got in trouble, but they used to use some song by ABBA for My Brother, My Brother, and Me like to, as the theme, and then they found out that they shouldn't be doing that and had you know people, they licensed songs, had people, I mean, right now they have a song that was written for them. Ah, um, that's the way to go yeah yeah and like so this podcast now i used to do these little like montages and then like i'm like i'm like pretty sure my friend was like i'm pretty sure Safe is like a two second clip so i just had it was like i'm mash like it's just a montage mm-hmm. of uh they might be giant songs but now it's the uh the parody the this might be podcast parody of the they might be giants right. title track yep. song yep yep but this Digger Dan guy, i I feel like I should watch some of these, but just like I've got like my own hobbies take up too much of my yeah. time to be watching this guy's hobbies. But I mean, he's getting several thousand views okay. on mm-hmm. his his stuff. You know, there's one that's like fifty thousand views, you know. He's probably ma- he's he's monetized, he's probably making some money. Sure. He's going to Scotland. It looks like a nice excuse to like do some cool traveling. Oh yeah. 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 Scotland.
2: Mur- Murder. Murder on
0: the Ferry Bridge was this, okay, this one I should watch. Okay, he's he's using the Calvin pissing on things. I don't appreciate people taking Calvin. Using okay, yes. Way. But the I, title.
2: <laughs> Bill Watterson refused to license him. Yeah. Calvin peeing on things. Calvin praying about things. Out. <laughs> I'm in a yeah. Calvin and Hobbes group on Facebook. And so. Same. Are we in the uh, same
0: group? Space Man Spiff posting? What? That one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't really posted on there. I should I yeah, I mean yeah. the greatest comic of all time is Totanger, but it's totally worth talking about. Everyone if you're if you haven't read Kelvin Hobbs or you haven't showed it to your kids, I mean it's great for they talk about how great comics and graphic novels are for getting kids reading and I've gotten all like all of my nieces and nephews into it and Sydney is about, you know, she'll start reading soon. Mm-hmm. Um but this this particular video was, oops, I shouldn't have peed there.
3: Oh, my. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with metal detecting.
0: Got a little too much iron in your pee. Maybe you should have the doctor take a look at that. Or maybe, um, I don't know, maybe can... he was
2: out detecting something and like, you know, we got to go, you got to go. So
0: yeah. do it. And then, yeah.
2: uh-oh, something is reacting. I don't know. We have to watch
0: it and see. But... I mean, it showed a, there's a castle behind him. So he's, he looks like he's oh somewhere in Europe. As well, um, peeing on a castle. I don't know, got in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else about the? Um, so we, we've gone through the lyrics. Anything else we talked about the moog and a little bit about anything else about the musical elements. Um, I think focused on the moog. We
2: did focus on the moog. Well, I mean it's pretty prevalent.
0: Yeah. Well, and we we discussed the horn chart as well. So mm. we have. Yeah, yeah, and
2: I know a bunch of the live. Performances. Uh at least one of them almost did away with the moog entirely. Like um the one you sent me from the role. Do you want
0: to just go in order? We can go in order. I think we're yeah, let's let's do the live stuff. We can talk about the different ways they've approached it there. Cause it has a song it, it it's a song that has been played uh wait, thirty seven times. Thirty seven doesn't seem like that's a lot. It that's bizarre. That, okay, that's strange. I was like, it's been played a lot of times. Eh, no, not so much. feels like it should be. Well, anyway, we got five of them right here. Right? So, uh, uh, And they're all worth playing, I think. I mean, what do you think? Should we play them all or th- throw some of them, cast some of them to the wind?
2: Um, I mean, why not, right? Let's do
0: Let's it. Let's do it. So right around, uh, the song was brand new, November 8th, 1996, mm-hmm. the Roseland Ballroom. It's a mid nineties oh, yeah. bootleg recording. Hmm. Um so I guess it's a little harder to tell what's going on, but as as I felt it was important just because it was you know, a new song. Now was that the debut? I didn't mark it as I don't
2: know if it was the debut, but what I noted is that for having just released the album, there was a lot of people in the crowd singing right along.
0: Yeah. Okay, so this was about a month after they debuted it. And, um, yeah, I mean, Factory showroom came out October eighth of ninety six. So by this recording, it was only two months old. So fans uh, they learned those lyrics quick.
2: <laughs> well, and that was back when they put lyrics out with the CD liners too. So although wait, this factory show- I feel like Factory showroom did not have a lot of lyrics in it. Which yeah, it's mostly because,
0: pictures and like the really big yeah. um letters. Yeah. 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 But I mean, they're they're the, the Johns are usually fairly easy to understand yes. if the lyrics aren't too fast. Yes. You know, they don't do a bunch of reverb yes. and stuff like that on their vocals. Um, unlike every other band that I listen to. <laughs> I just always talk about like how like every all my other favorite bands are so unlike they might be giants Mm. like i i listen to very few of the bands that like people assume that they might be giants (laughs) nothing against them i mean other than weird Al, right you know right
2: who doesn't trust
0: anyone you can't escape escape don't trust anyone who doesn't like weird yeah i agree they're they're not to be trusted yeah my my
2: my four and a half year olds even love weird al so
0: yeah i mean yeah american treasure
2: yes i have one more thing to say about that version Two more things, actually. Um, Because I mentioned my thing is like, I want to know how they do the sounds underground. So this one was, as far as I can tell, just like plain old guitar, electric guitar. Which was, it sounded great to me. But if you listen to the very, very end, after the song's over, there's like crab noise. And very clearly there's a girl going, I got kicked in the head, but that's okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, what is going on? Are people crowd surfing in the MFP Giants show? (laughs) What? How else did you get kicked in the head? Unless it was by Flans, you know, just like whoop.
2: Right? Get that close to the stage. Back. Get
0: back. I I have Flans' footprint on my forehead. I'm getting a tattoo. I'm never going to wash my
2: head again.
0: Yeah, Yeah, very, very guitar heavy version. Yeah, I like that. And I feel like. You just can't hear the keyboard as well, but right. again, bootleg. Yeah. Bootleggy quality. Yeah. Okay. So now cast your pod to the wind version with what they call the TMBG mini brass.
2: My favorite um, version, mostly because of, it's not called confirmation bias. It was the first that I heard um, that was alternative to the studio recording. So oh, okay. it's okay. my favorite in that regard. Down at the shore there's a place where
1: there's no one vacationing
5: There's just the sound
1: of the call of the wild Overcoming the fear of the unknown And I've got something to help you understand Something waiting there beneath the sand My metal detector is with me all of the time I'm the inspector over the mine Look past the squawking gull Look past the volleyball Ignore the mountain of discarded falderall Cause I've got something to help you understand Something waiting there My metal detector is with me all of the
0: time. I'm the inspector over the mine. It's always fun when they turn a non accordion song into an accordion song. Yeah, yeah,
2: I like that.
0: Because it usually goes the other Mm -hmm. direction.
2: And you're,
0: you know, the accordion has become less and less a part of the set.
2: Yes,
0: um, for many reasons, but so things are usually going from accordion Use to the keyboard. Else,
2: yes.
0: But to hear it go from mini to accordion is a cool like it gives it a whole more kind of yeah, I don't know. It gives it it gives it almost more of a John Henry vibe. I was going to
2: say more of an, an early TMBG
0: sheen to it. Yeah. Right, but you still got all the horns mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. that, and stuff John Henry. So it's like Anybody a callback
2: a little bit, but not fully.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the Mini Brass. So wait, hold on. Let me make sure I'm correctly saying who is in the the Mini Brass. Um, so yeah, this was uh, recorded at the Coney Island Museum mm-hmm. for an NPR radio show. This was at Studio 360, um, that same place where he's I said, was
2: about to say, where he made the uh, comment crack about pot. being a crackpot.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that was on the same same show. So there's no credits listed. Oh, wait, but you can click on Mini Brass? Okay, let's see. It's a four-piece horn section. Um, Marty Beller, of course, so on drums, who's been on the show. Dan Levine on trombone, who's been on the show. Mark Pender on trumpet, who's been on the show. And Nathan Durham on tuba, who has not been on the show. Ah. He knows why. I'm just kidding. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess they changed the name to the Timo mini brass because Marcus Rojas of uh, the what they were calling the TMBG's other thing, mm-hmm. brass band. Um It changed the name, changed to a player, changed the name. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, so that, that group is an Wild Middle Detector, Caroline, no boat of car,
3: mm-hmm.
0: the TMBG uh, mini brass version, obviously. And no plan B uh from also from cash pod to the wind from that studio 360 thing. Yeah. um, Yeah. I like that version a lot. Yeah. But I'm yeah I'm a trombone guy. I mean, anytime Dan Levine is involved, it's just mwah. you're there. That guy, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Uh, then we go to speaking of the other thing, brass band. Then 2006 um, attached confusingly as just metal detector, as I put there.
2: Yeah, and, I downloaded all these to my phone to listen to them better, and it reordered no them boy. and gave them different names, and I'm like, oh no. Which
0: which anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and this one again is an accordion-based version. Mm-hmm.
3: Look past the squawking
0: gull.
1: Ignore the mountain of discarded folder all. Cause I've got something to make you understand. Something hidden there underneath the sand. My metal detector. Is with me all of the time I'm the inspector
0: I love when they just really started um, implementing guys like repeatedly, rather than like the Electra days. It seemed like they're just kind of like oh, studio people, right? Sure, or, sure. Who knows how they were hooked up with it, like producer is right. right. like hey, we know this cello guy, violin, yeah. But then they just started like repeatedly using these yeah. same guys because they were doing such good work, mm-hmm. they just kept bringing yep. them back, and you
2: build up that rapport, that vibe, and we just want them back.
0: Yeah, and um, I mean Mark Pender, he was. I love talking to him because I love Conan. As well, you know, was watching him, you know, blast these trumpet notes for mm. forever. Mm-hmm. Um, before I even knew that he was, he's the guy playing on Doctor Worm. Like he's the ah, high note at the end of Doctor Worm. Nice. He is, yeah. Nice and playing these crucial parts. And like we all love Kurt Ram now. Uh, Mark Pender, you know, when Conan moved to L.A., I think that was a big part of mm. um, him not being involved with them anymore. Though he did come in again on the Australian tour in twenty. Uh, uh, let's see 2019 yeah because they toured out like fun 2018 then he did australia in 2019 he went on that one so he still has come back to play with them haven't gotten kurt ram on the show despite having all the other triceratops i ah. think maybe he's just pod shy is what i'm thinking but you know maybe someday maybe someday maybe i'll have them all three on for
2: one day he'll something. overcome his shyness
0: yeah, and he'll call me your
2: highness. <laughs> We're going to stop there.
0: No, I would call him your highness because that yeah, dude.
2: That's right.
0: He can rip. Ooh, shit. <laughs> All right. So uh, then let's go quickly through these other ones, I guess, if we can. Joe's Pub, 2003. Down at the shore, there's a place where there's
1: no one vacation. There's just the sound of the call of the wild over the fear of the unknown, and I've got something to help you understand, something waiting there underneath the sand, my metal detector is with me all of the time.
2: Is it this one where I was like, is that in John Linnell at first? And then, oh yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah,
0: yeah he does these other little vocal uh, mm-hmm. ornamentations. I mean, it was an older song at that point. Still, I can't believe they only played 37 times. That's bizarre. Yeah. So then I had to put a modern one. And so it's 2016. I mean, can't get incredibly modern when, uh, you know, three years have been ruined by COVID and then the driver. Right. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, they did not play it at that show. But yeah, this is actually, this is the very last, the most recent time they've played it. I was just checking the... uh, The wiki show list Mm -hmm. again. Yeah, so the last time they played it, and this was with the Triceratops horns. They're just, this one, got to do it with the horns.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, In this one, people can go uh, watch the video of it. So this one, if Ah. you want to see those horns. uh, Let me see, is this, so this channel is RS, really? uh, RS, R-E-A-L-E. Anyway, if you search Metal Detector, TMBG Metal Detector 2016, you'll probably find it. Um, But watching those horn guys as well as hearing them.
1: So here's a a song uh, that we did originally with synthesizers. But we found the synthesizers were not as good as the horns. So we kicked out the synthesizers. Here we go. Down at the shore, there's a place where there's no one vacationing. This is the sound of the call of the wild overcoming the fear of the unknown. And I've got something to help you understand something waiting there.
0: Is it covers time? I think so. Yeah. So we've got Daryl, of yeah. course. And Daryl is part of the covers crew, though he pops in and out of the group thread when we annoy him f- being Americans uh, sending messages late at night. And he, I don't know, yeah, we figured out how to, to put his phone on silent, I guess. <laughs> but this, is, this is classic Astral B on his YouTube channel, 2009. We'll winter- think of Daryl's uh piano cover
2: I, I love the piano driven part um my favorite part of it surprisingly was the key change into the second verse but then the things found underground as you know is my thing um is a stylophone and I know this because on the video as it plays the words awesome stylophone solo flash <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's good yeah. it's was, it was a lot of fun I liked it
0: yeah a little visual element it in huge font, going by, so just like overdubbed scrolling on by that.
2: the whole time, like PowerPoint style.
0: Yeah, that's fairly rare for him to overdub something from that era. I mean, I've played a lot of Daryl's covers from that first. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, I'm on YouTube now. I'm going to cover every song Everything. I like, and a lot of them are the Micro Giants." Uh
2: huh. Well, I guess he had to do something unique for that part, so that's what he did. Amazing. Maybe he also needed a chance to play with his stylophone somewhere. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Why don't you go play with your phone? But yeah, no, I liked it. Uh, yeah, they're a great piano player, and I love just everything. Yeah. He just ratchets up the tempo just a little bit, and I mean, he's told me it's yeah. not necessarily intentional. He just he's excited, and he just wants to rock it, you know. Yes, when, the, when yeah, there's then no, he did. yeah, when there's no percussion going on, you just want to bang the piano harder.
2: <laughs>
0: Technically, piano is a percussion instrument. So anyway, you know what I mean. So now we're going to L plays music, and L uh, Lawrence. I'm blanking on Lawrence's last name. L plays music. E L plays music is his YouTube channel.
5: At the shore, there's a place where there's no one vacationing There's just the sound of
3: the call of the wild overcoming the fear of the unknown
5: And I've got something to help you understand Something waiting there beneath the sand My metal detector is with me all of the time Inspector of in the mind. Look past the
3: rolling ball Look past the squawking rock
5: Ignore the mountain I've discarded farther off Cause I've got something To make you understand Something hidden there Underneath the land My man
2: Detector. So he's got acoustic guitar, but then he overlays a bunch of other things, um, which is fine. Um, acoustic guitar is uh, an unexpected choice, actually, and I like it a lot. I play acoustic guitar only a little tiny bit, so I know that some things are harder to strum than others rhythmically.
0: He he puts a swing to it. Yes, he does. Dance, 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 dance. Mm-hmm. Nice little twist. It works.
2: Yeah, it does. I like it.
0: Yeah. Sometimes he'll do that that split screen thing where it's like, hey, here's two of me. Oh, here's three of me. <laughs> playing all the instruments. You know. I've toyed around with that idea, but like I don't have time to mess with video editing. Right. Yeah, no. I too much audio editing. So now on to another friend of the show, Joel Yellowitz, aka guest. Guest host. host yes i have this on cd he pressed cds of his two nice. tributes so they might be giants he sent them to me nice uh free of charge because he's a cool guy and um yeah so that means i got lossless quality yeah. files of these let's listen to guest host doing metal detector
5: down You understand something waiting there beneath the sand? My metal detector is with me all of the time. I'm the inspector over the mine Something hidden there Underneath the land My metal detector Is with me all of the time I'm the inspector Over the
3: mine
5: Metal detector
2: Watch it shine
0: Let me get back to the synthiness What do you think of this one?
2: I, I like the synth sounds. Um, I like that he harmonizes with himself, and that it's like prominent, not like hidden in the background. Um, I like the um, the guitar working. He drops in there too, a lot of the pickings. Um, and I like. Mm-hmm. I, I I am not a musical theory person, but something he does on the the things that I found underground. He like like the the notes, the chords go different for a second, and I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, he, like, resolves the chords differently or something. Yeah. he like I can't quite the put the my finger on what it is,
2: but I like it. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm not going to plunk it out and figure it out. It sounds like he, yeah, he jumps down the circle of fifths a couple of times is what my first guess mm. would be. Because um, they don't sound, the chords don't sound bad. They just no, sound different. Different, and I like it. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty striking. I'd forgotten that part was in there. Um, yeah. Things that are found under the ground. Cause. Yeah. It is an interesting progression. Just this song in general. Oh yeah. Definitely. There's just a lot of kind of droning G's and it really <laughs> starts moving.
2: Droning G's is my new band
0: name. Droning G's. Well, just all these like suspensions. Um, and again, that is definitely music theory. Tuck mm-hmm. notes. The chord's staying the same, but the note, um, an interval within the chord kind of changing mm-hmm. without changing the overall chord. Anyway.
2: That seems to be very Linnell.
0: It's just, yeah, it's another cool Linnell trick that I wish I would think of ever to write a, a good song, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, so there were a lot of covers to choose from. I think, let's let's just keep plowing along. Sure. You, you don't, we're not, are we past your bedtime? We're-
2: I mean... I'm always
0: past my bedtime. Okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, it's fine. So from the, uh, they might be songs posting or shit posting, uh, Bandcamp. Teambs.bandcamp.com. We got Anthony Mason. I'm guessing his name's Anthony Mason, but here uh, I hear it's I
2: actually. Do you know who this it. is? I I I might know who it is. Because there's like two Masons in the group. But I actually took it as Anony Mason, like Anonymous, but then put Mason in it. Anonymous.
0: Anony Mason. That that sounds more right. Let's listen to this anonymous. It's not so anonymous if you put Mason in there. But anyway
2: Right. Which is which is the joke, right? <laughs> Let's check it out.
5: The call of the wild Overcoming the fear Of the unknown tell if you're listening but underneath every shell there's a story as well if you've heard enough of the scene then everything on the top will just suddenly stop seeming interesting so listen out of the sound of the things that are found underground
0: like the drum track yeah it's very kind of casio rinky dinky cool (laughs) yeah what do you think about this one
2: um i'm actually looking so one of my things within the they might be shit posting facebook group is whenever a cover album is released i go like deep into it and i analyze it i put a review of every single song so i'm looking up what i had to say about it when i first heard it okay The first thing that struck me is that it's faster than the studio recording. And I was like, how is that even, how is that even possible? It's
0: pretty peppy Um, because I'm a pretty big fan of what he does.
2: Yeah. I I enjoyed it.
0: It's, he goes very kind of, um, it's almost like random guitar noise in a way. Yeah. 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 It's kind of hard to tell. You can hear some distinct plucking notes, but then it's just these weird, like little white noise. Yeah.
2: He does a lot of white noise stuff.
0: Yeah. That's cool. You were a part of... How many tracks did you have on this Factory Showroom?
2: On the Factory Showroom, I did... Hang on. I did Your Own Worst Enemy. I did I Can Hear You. That might have been it.
0: Okay. That
2: might have
0: been it for that one. There's 41 tracks on this one. It's just crazy. Yeah. Though, I mean, the comp that that you're going to be a part of will have about that many, but no repeats. Right. And no... (laughs) Nothing. I love a good shit posting cover, but these ones that I do, it's like, don't make a mockery of the song for your cover. That's right. one rule. It's like, don't do like. Oh, I did James like K. also. Sp-
2: Sorry. Forgot. Oh,
0: okay. There you go. Like, a you know, a spoken word cover with like your voice pitched up to like Alvin and the Chipmunks. Probably not something I'm looking for for mine. But on TMBS, anything goes.
2: Their policy is, if it vaguely sounds like the song, we'll take it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Word for word. That's what they said on one of the
0: album's yeah. oh, submission
2: yeah. rules. If it sounds the, like the song a little bit, we'll take it.
0: Right. Yeah. I, and I love a low stakes cover where it's just like, I can do whatever the hell I want to mm. amuse myself and yeah. um, and my friends, really. I mean, this yeah. little community that's built around uh, TBS. For sure. Yeah, and there's definitely um, a lot of crossover with the TMBP covering community as well, of course. A lot of the same folks.
2: I mean, all of mine were, almost all of mine were recorded in my car. So I understand about low, <laughs> low stakes, low effort.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just like, you feel like that's the only place you can get some privacy or well,
2: it's also like, you know, pretty soundproof, like as far as things go. <laughs> And, and i'm it, also in my car all the time so yeah. why not take advantage are you using
0: uh are you using garageband on a device yes. there or are you using, yeah. yeah it's so it's so nice i mean there's so many anti-apple people out there but i'm not using i don't use garageband for my pro recordings anymore hmm. but i totally support garageband like i'm i'm at pro software now at that level but sure. i used i mean i used GarageBand for so many things that I still am mm. proud of how they sound and for podcasting for a long time.
2: Nice.
0: Um, big supporter of GarageBand and Logic, which is like the at next version mm-hmm. up for, for Apple. Uh, let's go to Ian Lynn with two N's on yes. uh, YouTube. And this one, very Synthy as well. Yes.
2: This, this one's a lot of fun.
0: So, like, the arts that has... I, I have lead. that
2: written down, yes. <laughs> he takes the factory showroom cover and he adds, like, the Lin- the, the 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 pose where the Johns are in, like, karate style. But then they're each holding something. And I'm describing this for your listeners. I can't quite Do figure it. out what Flans has in his hand.
0: It's the metal detector.
2: It's a metal detector. Of course it is. Yeah. And then there's a little seagull in there.
0: And, yeah, Linnell's going to karate chop the, the squawking gull.
2: Someone's got to...
0: <laughs> I'm just a big fan of the synths in this one because mm-hmm. I have trouble narrowing down covers when you get to these massive hit songs. Sure. Um, so, and it's 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 fairly true to form, but it has it has enough like cool little synth flourishes that yeah. that, that hooked me.
2: I, I like the harmonies in this one, and, and then, of course, you know what I'm going to talk about next. Did you did you get as far as the things that are found under the ground? Oh the things that
0: are found under the ground? What yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? <laughs>
2: it's
0: like cawing like a seagull or something. Pitch affected cawing. I mean, right? It sounds like
2: there's there was definitely seagull sounds in there, but um the things that are found underground to me seemed like uh, like my old Casio keyboard that I had had the, the vocals that would da, 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 and they just go down the scale. So it's it's someone laughing just going oh. down um, the different notes. Ha 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 ha
0: yeah. ha. And I I just yeah.
2: cracked up. <laughs> I love it. I, 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 yeah. In all it, caps. <sighs> in all caps, my note says favorite underground.
0: Yeah, favorite <laughs> underground.
5: <laughs>
2: exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Fun. Yeah. I, man. You can do so many wild things with keyboards these days. Yeah, and I mean with MIDI. I mean, I still want a Moog, and you can do insane things with Moogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a whole lo- other level of insanity with with MIDI, just because you could even change it after the fact, and you can manipulate. You you might have downloaded some sound, but then you can tweak it from there. There's just mm-hmm. so many cool things you can do. Um, let's go to a new cover. This is from this calendar year, March 2022. Shameless covers by Puerco, who's come storming on the scene all over the cover section.
5: Down at the shore there's a place where there's no one vacationing There's just the sound of the call of the wild overcoming the fear of the unknown And I've got something to help you understand something leading the
0: <laughs> he just like a complete straight face while he's doing it. Complete straight face. <laughs> and do, it doesn't, I mean, the impressive thing is that it doesn't screw up his guitar right? rhythm because it's just totally random rhythm on that. the, the, mm-hmm. the original squawking mo, whatever it is. Right, right. So that's pretty impressive. This guy, he brings a lot of vigor to his Yeah,
2: players. yeah, that's definitely a word that would describe it. Yeah.
0: It's acoustic guitar, but he is digging into that thing.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Really nice. It is time to score this song. Oh,
3: man. Dun, dun, dun. Uh,
0: you got to go first. Go to I- it.
2: I was going to say, is there something else we need to say before I just put it out there?
0: Put it out there.
2: Um, So I I was like, is there really ever a perfect 10? I haven't found it yet. This is a 9. Probably a 9.5, depending. If we switch out that things we found underground, I'll put it at a (laughs) 9.5. Because I'm not a fan of the mechanical dog squawking of the original, but Mm -hmm. I like others that have been put after that so yeah
0: nine gotcha. nine for the original nine all, right, five, all right some
2: of the other versions
0: fair enough fair enough yeah i think i'm right there with you i this this song has always been a favorite off of a factory showroom just mm. i mean everything about it is great it's so so singable just like, yes just that Linnell, just that classic just that earworm melody yep Fun lyrics with a fun story behind them. Yep. Like Rhymes Up the Wazoo, Moog. I mean, it's got me there. Yes. I, mm, mm, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with uh, a 8.7 on that one. 8.7. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. 8.7.
0: My nines and tens are very coveted. (sighs) (laughs) I know. I know. I'm I'm stingy. I'm stingy. Yeah. 8. And 8. I, I I'm the exact awesome. opposite. I'm like, mm, okay, well, <laughs> hey, i you know, if you're at a nine, I'm only point three below, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah, you know?
0: yeah. Do you have anything to plug? I do not. Do you want people to find you on the social medias?
2: Sure. Um, just as myself, Glory B. McElhenney.
0: Are you on are you on Twitter? No. Are you on Instagram?
2: I'm not. I am only on Facebook.
0: Wow. I am
2: very boring. I do not have a musician page because I have about five songs to my name, and none of them are mine. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Well, you're a cover artist. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's about time to get yourself a band camp.
2: Maybe I should.
0: Get yourself a TikTok. Just kidding. TikTok. TikTok Oh,
2: my gosh. I knew It is
0: worthless. I wouldn't say worthless. It's, you know, driven some people to uh, the Spotify. For they might be giants.
2: Yeah,
0: there we go. So if it got them some coin off streaming. Maybe. Cool. Yeah. And then then TikTok can get a pass in my book. As long yeah. as it doesn't encourage kids to hurt me at my new job. Oh, that's,
2: yeah, right. Yeah, TikTok that's challenge. That's
0: a bunch of bullshit. TikTok challenge, be an asshole. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Sometimes, cool. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's what it boils I, down to. I, I digress. Uh I am uh found everywhere. The places all you know, I spend just way too much time on this podcast. And, you know, if I'm gonna spend the time, you know, rounding up nice people like you and talking to you and editing it and doing that, I want people to hear it so you can find me all over uh at this might be a pod on Twitter, is probably my favorite place, but we're on Instagram too. And Facebook and all that. So, um, also, leave voicemails at 224-801-2930. I want to know, do any listeners own a metal detector? Are there any treasure hunters out there? Leave a voicemail. And uh, I think that will do it. So, Glory, thanks for being on. I'm excited to have you as part of the community and the Covers crew and all that. Yeah,
2: thank you for having me. I'm glad this finally worked out. I look forward to it.
0: Future Endeavors. Future Endeavors, I like that. Future Endeavors makes it sound classy. (laughs)
2: That's what I aim for.